You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Moana impersonator. Yes, you can make a living doing that. And you do it beautifully. You are a star. And I hope everybody in casting and producing hears your voice and puts you on Broadway immediately. You're incredible. Yeah, thank you for being here, Samara Ariel. I love you. Bye. No, seriously, like we were lip syncing for our lives back there yeah. to Samara. And this is my incredible guest, Jessica Vosk. Hey, you guys. We made it. We finally made it all the way to WeWork. That's right. Um, now, before we get like too heavy, I want to encourage you all to take out your phones and download the Today Ticks app. It is my favorite way of buying tickets. I enter every lottery through Today Ticks, and you should too. They're my favorite, and they are sponsoring our event tonight because they've got really good taste. So thank Ooh. you very, very much. Yes, Today Ticks. So that, let's start actually, at the beginning. Yeah, oh, all right. Oh, wait, you were going to say something. Nothing. I was just going to also say that like, if you, I, that's how I get most of my theater deals are Today Ticks. Yeah. That's all. They're incredible. Yeah. Like, I got deep real fast. Okay, and anyway. uh, Today Ticks workers are really attractive. They're very attractive. 
Uh, you know, none of them are play for my team, but they're still very attractive. And the, all the more for me. Yes, that's right. Um, so you grew up in New Jersey. That's right, I did. Is this microphone on? Do, should I? It is. Yeah. It's so great. Um, <laughs> I, only the best for you, oh, Jess. Oh, darling, you know how I feel. Uh, uh, I did grow grow up in New Jersey. I'm sure you've all heard of it. It's right over that little river. Thank you. Um, and I still live out in the Jersey. Yeah, you do. You love it there. I love it. Um, now, question. When, like, the first time that you sang, did your parents know that you were the second coming? Or, like, because have you all heard Jessica Vosk fucking sing? It's unreal. It's almost offensive how good Get you are. Get out of here. No, but I'm serious. Like, the first, when you were three and you sang happy birthday to someone, were they like, oh, my God, we got to get her an agent to make money? <laughs> no, I mean, I, my uh, when I grew up, I loved to sing, and I would sing with my dad in Did the living room. Did you have a karaoke room. machine? Oh, yeah. Did I ever. What was your favorite track? P.S. Well, probably uh, anything from Lame Is. Got it. Yeah, me too. Really? Same. Cheers. Yeah. Um... <clears throat> So when I got a karaoke machine, those were back in the days of cassette tapes. Anybody remember those? Yay, cassette tapes! Oh my god! Um, and and I wore my karaoke machine out. And I also thought I was some sort of like recording artist because I would listen to um, my Lord and Savior Celine Dion up in my bedroom. And so I would take a blank cassette tape and put it with like a Celine Dion backup track, and I'd record myself singing it. And I'd like double it with harmonies, and I'd be like, "Mom, listen to this." And she's like, "Honey, I am on the phone, honey." And so, um, and so, I'm sure that's why I, I I came into this business because I was like, "Look, listen." I know. Well, uh, well I remember getting mine. It was uh, a wintry Hanukkah evening in San Diego, and uh, my grandparents gave me it, and I thought that I was going to be able to make my own cast recordings. Like, I could tape myself singing yeah. Eponine shit. This is why we're friends. Yeah. yeah. And immediately, I was told that the machine does not do that, and I threw my grandparents so much fucking shade. It was one of those, like, thanks, Grandpa. <laughs> like, one of those. It, original uh, side-eye. Yeah, yeah, but uh, eventually, I, I learned to love my machine. So, how the hell did you Go into finance. Because that's the fascinating thing about you. Before you did four Broadway shows and an album, sort of writing music in Nashville, you worked on Wall Street. It's weird. It's, it's weird. What, that's not what we've all done? Um, uh, well, I grew up, right, like I grew up Jersey girl, loved going into the city when I was a kid and going to see Broadway shows. The first Broadway show I ever saw was The Secret Garden. Um, yes, which, Secret Garden. By the way... Is that not one of the best scores? It is. Still. Still. Yeah. Um, and I don't condone bootlegs, but there's definitely some on YouTube if you guys watch them. Oh, They're God, really it's incredible. so good. I saw it when I, that was like the very first Broadway show I saw, bitten by the Broadway bug, grew up singing, grew up loving to do community theater. Um, I, <laughs> I did a uh, balloon festival. Yeah, you're welcome. When I was A balloon like, festival? Yeah. Um, and so out in Jersey, like in the in the Greenlands of Jersey, they have a festival. What are you from, of New balloons. Jersey? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Have Here you we been are. to the balloon festival? Yeah, yeah. Of oh, course right. you have to go. We're Jersey snobs. Of course we do. Of course we go to the and, balloon uh, festival. Yeah, the festival. That's where I'm at uh, Irving. The uh, balloon festival. festival. <laughs> um. So, <laughs> oh God, nobody's hiring me again. Um. So I, I, the Balloon Festival, which is in you know the actual Garden State of New Jersey, which exists, by the way. Uh, you know what? This is going to be like a church. Wait, are I we know debating whether New Jersey exists or not? No, we're de we're debating whether. I mean, because there's like we're going to call it the gaseous part of New Jersey, where it's like, are you, uh, you know, people could be thrown off a bridge. Do you belong to the mob? Does Jerry know Tommy? No. I'm going to put two behind your head and yeah. drop you up behind the Camden I mean, Aquarium. That's that kind of thing. <laughs> but also, like, there was a time when Thank I you. worked uh, I, when I was going to school up in Northern New Jersey, and I worked uh, fine dining, and there'd always be a table of guys that were like, we get there for the two o'clock lunch seating you got to give them whatever they want they work for waste management so that's the jersey i'm talking about where i did not grow up i grew up where the green grass and the balloons flew and the balloon festival was this thing every year where 
it's hundreds of thousands of balloons and something about 100 and County where I'm from in New Jersey is used to see the balloons for, I'm like, what did you, you guys follow me here from 100 and County? Um, and, and I played Peter, this is a long story short of saying, I played Peter Pan uh, in the bus and truck day show of Peter Pan and they got, they flew me in on a helicopter and the rest is history. Did they really? Yeah, I got flown, that's the only time I've ever flown in on a helicopter for a gig. To the balloon festival. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, Bernie tells you, you listening? Come on. Um, uh, so, yeah, and that was like, I just loved to perform. It was just the most awful Peter Pan show ever. Well, they did awful. fly you in on a helicopter. They, it was an entrance, something. and I was fully costumed. Like Miss Saigon Pan. <laughs> That's precisely what That's it was. That's great. Yeah, but, but I grew up, I did all the theater stuff as a kid, uh, I thought I wanted to go after high school to college for musical theater. I got into the Hart School of Music at the University of Hartford. I went there as a musical theater major for a semester and I just, it didn't click for me. Um, something just didn't feel completely right about it. And I called my parents and said, "I this just doesn't feel right. I'd rather be going out to auditions in New York City versus sitting in a school for four years. And that was just my opinion. I don't, bestow my opinion as the only road that works because I, you know, because we work in many roads, see? And, and thank you, thank you, thank you so much. I'm here for the next 40 minutes. Um, and, then back to the balloon and then back festival. To the balloon. There's a lot to plan this year. <laughs> um, uh, and my parents were like, okay, the one caveat is you, have to think about what it is that you want to do. You have to finish school and it can't be musical theater. And I was like, all right, well, I chose a major uh, uh, under the communications umbrella of investor relations and finance at Montclair State University and graduated. I didn't do any theater while I was there, even though they have a great theater program. I didn't do, um, I think I did uh, the, you know, what do you call it? I don't you know. know. Like, la, la, la. You know, it's like the choir. The choir. Oh my God. Choir. What happened? <laughs> What happened? Well, they, they don't have oh choirs at the balloon festival. Something happened so to me. why would you know that? Wow. I yeah. did the la, 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 soprano alto tenor bass. <laughs> it's like fucking and, charades. Oh, my God. Oh, it is. And that's when I did the... <laughs> <laughs> but that's exactly what I just Fire, did. Yes. And every now and then somebody would faint because they locked their knees. That happened no, to a kid in my elementary <laughs> school. <laughs> See? And then like during a matinee when I'm like, I'm really tired, what if I lock my knee? No, they tell you. I swear to God, on Broadway stages to this day, even when I was playing Elphaba and you're on a raked stage, so one <laughs> leg is naturally longer than the other on that stage because you have to keep your balance. And every time during For Good, I'd be like, am I locking my knees? Is it now? Am I going to go now? Is this the night of my death? Yeah. But that's what they used to tell you in choir. Ben, have you ever done this? Inquire when they were like, guys, when you were... No, Ben, not passed out, for God's sake. We're talking to Ben Fankenhauser, oh. Broadway's darling, and uh, the biggest nilf I've ever met. That's, that's right. right. A newsy I'd like to... Anyway, you back to the balloon. Uh, anyway, so... But they tell you that. Your choir director will be like, guys, listen, while you are singing Oh, Shannon Doe, remember... <laughs> when you zip your uh, choir robe up, just remember not to lock your knees because you will get lightheaded and all of the blood will go to your legs. And I swear to God, every single time I'd look to my left and there'd be somebody and she'd be like, oh, Shannon, and boom, right down. So anyway, I still did that in college. And, and you were like, she didn't fucking listen again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, there was Amy again. This is why you don't book the balloon festival. <laughs> I will regret that for the rest of my life for telling him this story. Um, I'm literally going to change your name in my phone to Balloon Festival. That's okay. That's okay. I think it should be your professional name from now on. Like, I want to change mine to Damn Thickness. You know? What? It's a great fucking name. It really is. It really is. I give it to you. So listen, then I graduate, or I was about to graduate um, the college, and then I went online and started to apply for jobs because my parents were like, hey, find a job. And I did. I found a job uh, on 42nd and 3rd in the Daily News building for a company at the time called Gavin Anderson, which was oh. an investor relations firm. Um, God, that sounds difficult. Yeah, it was. And I love that you were like, I'm going to do musical theater. No, I'm going to make money. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, and at the time it was 
a huge learning curve because I came in as a kid, you know, fresh out of college. They handed me a book of Wall Street terms, sent me off to the Bloomberg building to learn about, you know, stocks and bonds and companies and et cetera, et cetera, to the Reuters building to meet all the Reuters people. I mean, it was like a thing that you did. Eight to six, bought a lot of suits at Ann Taylor. Thanks, girl. And... It was it was like it was a real executive job, and like I did you it. Like secretly sing in the bathroom. On no, breaks that's and stuff? that's why I think I had. That's why I think I started to suffer anxiety and panic attacks when I was there because I started to climb the ranks and get my own clients and work in my own specialty areas in that business. And it was a lot of responsibility, and it would be in different time zones where I'd have a client in Spain or a client in San Francisco, and you know, even clients in Texas, that one hour will get you, okay? It really will. And um, I used to travel all the time and it was just, it was tough and my body clock was never together and it was stuff that I was good at, um, which I think we can all understand. Like we've all done things that we're really good at, but it's not like we were passionate about them. So I had climbed the ranks in the three years I was there at that particular job to promotion after promotion after promotion. And then um, I'm such a believer of signs and things like that. And I was sitting in my office and I was totally like, had a panic attack, didn't understand where it was coming from. Closed my office door, knocked over a piece of paper and like a little itty bitty piece of paper fell out from my grandmother who had passed away. And it said, I wish you luck. And I was like, well, mama have to leave this job. Oh. And so I, I the, the, you know, to, to everyone's, um, maybe not not so chagrined, the off, uh, the market crashed in 07, 08. Um, and it was not a good time for the big banks, nor for anybody who had money um, in their retirement funds. And uh, I remember the market crashing, and I was like, this is my moment. <laughs> oh, God. And, and I just... <laughs> Finally! Yeah, I was like, wow, you know, if there's a time to go, it's now. And so I remember walking into the HR office, and I was like, hey, you guys, what's up? And they were like, oh, you know, there's just a lot of paperwork and a lot of shit going on and we're losing clients and we've had to cut back on budget. <laughs> and I, I remember saying, well, are you guys like laying anybody off? And, they were, and they, they were like, what are you talking about? We just promoted you. And I was like, well, I just want you to know that if you had to like let somebody go, I'm your girl. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm not kidding you. I swear to God this happened. Her name was Maria. Ask her, Maria Pinto, if you're out there. Because she said to me, we never had this conversation. <laughs> but that was the only way I could skillfully get out of the job and still collect unemployment. That's incredible. So, uh, yeah, I, we got I, some applause back there. That's right. For that. Someone's it in was finance. Like, yeah, fuck the man. Get that unemployment. <laughs> and, uh, and I did. I remember calling my parents and I was like, guys, this is not the job for me. And my parents were like, you are not smart. What will you do? Um, and uh, no, I'm not, I'm not kidding. You are not smart. Yeah. Well, they're the generation that was like baby boomers. My dad was like, look, it, my parents are both very artistic. And, but at the time it was like, look, you get a job, you take care of your family. And that's what it is. And you do what you have to do, which they, which they did for myself and my brother. And I think when I came to them and I was like, I have this great job with benefits and I'm covered and et cetera, et cetera. They thought it was the worst idea ever. Um, and it took the, they're okay now. They're okay now. <laughs> my parents are okay now. Um, in fact, my mom, like, uh, she just like plant, I told her the other day, I was like, oh, I'm gonna be out in California. She's like, I'm gonna come. So, <laughs> she, Patty Vosk is fine. Um, but but it, it, took, it took some time of like, of really getting my shit together yeah. in between careers and figuring out well, the shift. Like, I had some sort of idea of what to do. I mean, my resume was total fiction. And, like, I would just go wherever backstage said that there were auditions. Yeah, yes. So you were like, well, I quit my job. I was like, now I quit my what? job. And then I was like, who in this office has children that I could babysit? Okay. So, I, you know, I'd go around and I was like, Sharon, I just think your twins are so adorable. <laughs> do you need a babysitter? And so I did that. I did that for, like, six months to a year of just like babysitting everybody's kids, giving them back. And I had a great time doing it. And then uh, I was doing the moonlighting at Birdland on Mondays, uh -huh. which I still did before I quit my job. I would like wait until 11 o'clock on a Monday night, get my ass over to Birdland. This is before 54 Below existed. 
do their open mic night, their cast party, pray to Jesus that Jim Caruso would be like, and now somebody that I don't know, let's bring her on the stage. And he did it once or twice. And somebody heard me and passed along my name to somebody else. And then I got an email from Paul Gimignani, who uh, no way. is a legend. Yeah. Paul Gimignani, do we all know who Paul Gimignani is? Yes, we applaud Paul Gimignani. He is Sondheim's right-hand man. He is everything, and he is hilarious. He is. He's old school. He's he's old school Broadway musical director. You don't show up late. You don't show up unprepared. The questions that he asks, you answer them honestly. Yeah. Um, and when he emailed me, he said, hey, kid, I hear you're a good singer. I'm doing this new show. It's called Christina, and it's by the Abba guys who wrote Mamma Mia. We're doing it at Carnegie Hall. Are you a soprano? Are you trained? Can you read music? And I wrote back, uh, I, I was like, I was babysitting that day, okay? So I was like, kids play. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> typing in the Kids <laughs> play, mama's on yeah, the phone. Yeah, yeah, mom's having her cocktail. Mama's having a sip. And so, and so I remember getting on the computer and being like, uh, yes, I am a soprano. I actually am classically trained. I do read music. Um, what, what an honor it would be to be in the room. Uh, and he was like, all right, kid, you're gonna get a call from so-and-so's office. And so I thought, oh my God, I haven't auditioned in how long. I'm gonna get a call. I gotta write all this information down. This could be like the thing that gets me to the next thing. And I got the phone call and they gave me all the information about what it paid, when it was, Carnegie Hall, blah, blah, blah. And I said, okay, when's the audition? And they said, no, this is an offer. No shit. Yeah, yeah, and I, it, it, he like threw me in with the wolves. I mean, if you, if everybody's really quiet and listens really hard, you can hear the <laughs> screaming of eight million belters across America. <laughs> Just angry. I do, well, yeah. I mean, but I walked into a room and like, there's a lot of these like people sitting in the room are like seasoned professionals and I walked in and of course it was my very first gig so I was just like 18 pencils and a highlighter and and I sat down and I was like a little bit you know I was a little bit shaky I was like in the stage management you know like you're just fine and you're trying to act really cool like you know what's going on they're like you guys we're, we're taking a 10 thank you 10 thank yeah. you 10 uh, I mean it's like uh, really scary and he came up and introduced himself and we we met and he was like I'm throwing you this uh, role. I was like, no, I'm ensemble. And he was like, no, but I, I want you to, to sing this role. And I was like, I, I, but I, like, I've been hired as en ensemble. And he gave me this role out of nowhere and just oh, sort of was shit. like, yeah. It's like La La Land Live. It was La La Land Live. That's amazing. Twas. It really twas. No. And, but again, like, I worked my ass off. Yeah. I just remember, and he kept giving me gigs. He kept, he, he gave me she loves me at the roundabout, uh -huh. that one night gig, or he'll, he would give me these concerts and he would just throw me these things that were difficult, where I, or he, I did company with the Philharmonic, with Neil Patrick Harris. I had to learn that entire score and be you know, off book and sing it in front of Sondheim. I mean, he did these things for me where it was kind of like, where, which I believe very much in paying it forward now, where you sit there and you go, this person is giving me all this, why are they giving it to me? Well, so you can prove that you could do it. And that you're able to, say, you know, yes, I'm, I'm, I have the talent, yes, I can do it, but how hard am I willing to work for it? And, um, and I believe that to this day, it's like just because I happen to be in the green monster does not mean that in two years from now, I'm not gonna be babysitting again. That's, that's just what it is, that's the reality of it. So when it comes to like the hustler version of myself, yeah. what I had when I first started this career of being thankful and grateful for people taking the chance of hiring me is still what I have Well, now. I remember when I first met you, we did this uh, production of Man of La Mancha in Houston, Texas. Yeah. That was actually like, really fucking good and slightly racially insensitive. <laughs> um, what could you do? It was a long time ago. But... Um, and, they, and we were on stage, by the way, like he did it so that he, the, our director at the time was like, you know, this is takes place in a prison and um, we are going to make this your prison. You cannot leave the stage. And that, remember that? It's true. Yeah. No one left that fucking I remember. Stage. I was like, yeah. where do we go to the restroom, sir? And what what bucket do they I pee in? They didn't care. They were and like, you're in prison. Uh, I, I mean, truly. It, but that is how we met, indeed. Yeah. And, um, but I was obsessed with you from the moment that I met you. You were so kind and also such a hard worker. And I was like, who is this woman? And then we got to New York and it 
feels like you just immediately booked your Broadway debut in Bridges over Man Madison County. I mean, there was like, a, it, there was time in between there of me kind of figuring out uh, what I wanted to do. And, and Paul Gimignani had me audition for Edwin Drood for, to cover Stephanie Block. And I remember, no, people in the picture, whatever. He kept bringing me in. And his, he wrote me an email and he was like, uh, you were the best singer in the room. You're the best mover in the room. Get your, you have to get your ass to an acting class. And I had never gone to an acting class. And I remember after getting that email, I was like, I'm never acting again. I don't ever want to go into another audition room. Yeah. Nobody understands me. And then I finally, bit, like, I swallowed my ego for a minute. And I was like, well, Jess, you've never been to an acting class. So why don't you just take his advice? Because he's not trying to be an ass. He's trying to tell you uh, what to do. So I did that. And from there, it sort of, uh, it led to more and more opportunities to get into the room and then somebody happened to remember me at a casting session from a casting years beforehand and happened to pull my headshot out for the Bridges of Madison County and say, let's bring her in and see what happens. And I booked it. Where were you when you got the phone call? I was in my old apartment and my, I, I got the phone call from my agent at the time who was like, how would you feel about um, making your Broadway debut in the Bridges of Madison County? And I was like, Ew. No, I was really excited about it. And um, and then I remember the first phone call. I'm like, who are you going to call? I wanted to call my parents, who were on vacation at the time in some island somewhere. I remember calling them, and they were like, hey, hey, honey. Hey, what's up? And I was like, I'm going to make my Broadway debut. They were like, what? I was, I had a drink. What? Your was, father's drunk. Yeah, what? I mean, it was just, it was, so... <laughs> It was a moment I'll, I, I won't soon forget because it took me like three hours to tell them what was going on. <laughs> but but uh, the, the moral of the story is I was so excited um, and, and that experience, both with Bart Shear and Jason Robert Brown, kind of uh, opened many doors. Yeah, yeah. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Like, it's incredible. The show was incredible. It was such and, a beautiful um, show. it closed way too soon. Did, Did anybody, anybody see it see here? It? it was so absolutely stunning. And, yeah, um, it was beautiful. So how was that, like, your first time on Broadway and you have one of those experiences where just the show, the, the life of the show is short? Oh, it was it, it was strange because as a first part, I was a swing, so all of my time was spent offstage because I covered um, uh, a lot of the women in the show. And, there were and you went on a bunch. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I... I so I didn't really know what that process was. I had never swung before. I will let you know now that I will never do it again because I'm awful at it. Like I'm truly, it's the hardest job on Broadway. I am awful at it. I'm awful at it. In fact, I would like sit back there and I would think that I was writing down everything that each character was doing and then I had to go on and the dance captain had to push me around and yeah. follow me on stage and he was like, you stand over there. And I was like, I, who am I? He's like, I mean, I just, like, I am not good. <laughs> It's not. It is not a job for Jess. Um, if, uh, uh, and so, but the learning process again. It's like somebody. If somebody opens the door for you, you better know. You better run the f through yeah. it. So uh, it came down to I covered a principal role who was played by Whitney Basher, who I love so much, and she's such she's a dream. Incredible. And she was out, and it was a planned out, and I was going on, so I had my family come, and then last minute, what I didn't realize is that Jason decided to conduct that night. And stop it. Isn't that stop crazy? It. And so I guess the New York Times was in doing a an article and he was like, I'm gonna conduct that evening 
And that was how he and I kind of really bonded yeah. and have worked together ever since. And, um, and then Bart and I did Fiddler Down the Road. So it's yeah, kind of did. like you, you, all of the relationships in your regular life where you decide who your friends are and you like, you know, you go through your life in different circles and people will stick and want to be around you for who you are. Um, I feel like that's how Broadway works too. It's yeah. sort of much smaller than we think it is because the rooms that we walk into, you'll see the same people over and over again. And you'll see teams of creatives hiring the same people, whether or not they're creatives or actors or um, stagehands or designers. They'll still hire that team because they become family. Well, because putting up a Broadway show, what a lot of people don't realize is that it's a bloodbath. It <laughs> is oftentimes, and I'm not Negative Nancy kidding. over here. No, I'm um, just kidding. Well, like it, you know, it can go great. It can go terribly. It's true. And it can be a combo of both. You know, it could be emotionally damaging and, you know, financially yes. rewarding. It, it sure could. Um, uh, we don't know any shows like that, do we? Mm -mm, no, no. No, we don't. No. Um, so our, our circles <laughs> cross back together during Finding Neverland. They, indeed, they do. Indeed, they do. Indeed, they do. But you like got one of the first lifeboats out of there, right? So you could. What? What? You know who I used to work for? He doesn't work anymore. <laughs> no, it's true. It's true. I, at the first phone call, I was like, I gotta go, guys. Bye. No, no. Uh, it, uh, you know what? The one the, the thing that I'll say about it, I. Uh, made some of my best friends. Some of my best friends. Through that opportunity because you know when like shit hits the fan and it's like you're in a naked and afraid situation and you're like, how, how, where am I going to go to cover myself? <laughs> it's like we all just, we became each other's like little covered leaves. Like yeah. floating in the wind of like, uh, uh, because that was a very difficult show to put up on Broadway. Yeah, I, I remember we were in previews and, uh, and we were just like, we were working our asses off. We were so exhausted. We had a different opening number every day. Every day. And um, and it kept changing. And then I remember like a process of us being in previews, which you know that you could rehearse a show during previews. You could rehearse one to five. You get a little din-din. And then you do the show. But because, you remember this? Oh. Because of all of the changes to the opening number that somebody wanted to have happen, uh, they put us in overtime, 10 to 1, 1 to 5 for a week. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Oh, and yeah. I will say, Kelsey Grammer showed up out of solidarity, yeah. which was He's really sweet of him. Man. He's a good egg. But uh, but that was a tough, I learned a lot. Yeah, dude. <laughs> um, well, one of my favorite stories was they decided at the very, very last minute, the dog in the show used to be played by a human. Did you know that? And, well, yeah, originally it was Thane, and then it was Colin... Cunliffe. Cunliffe, and... Uh, then both day, phenomenal, by the way. Yeah, both phenomenal. Then one day, Colin gets to work, and there's a massive dog on stage. And they're like, Colin, um, will you go get in your Porthos costume and come to stage, please? And they compared them together. And that's You guys, it was literally RuPaul's Drag Race of dogs. Yeah. A human and a real dog. And it was like auditioning against each other. You know, like... You know, to uh, play a dog? Yeah. To but... Yeah. The, the hilarious thing is that they didn't hire the guy who trained Bill, who trains all the Broadway animals. That's right. They were like, no, no, we're not going to, there's no Groupon for that. Uh, <laughs> but I did just find an animal sanctuary somewhere up north, and they've got dogs. Yeah. So they brought in these dogs that have never been on stage, they've never been trained, and they have this woman named Bambi as their trainer. <laughs> who Bambi is this short woman with a voice like this. And uh, Diane would get on the God mic and be like, Bambi, Bambi, can you have the dog look at Matthew? And Bambi would go, no, he's a dog. He's a dog. What do you want? What do you want him to do? He, no, he can't do that. He's a dog. No, every time I swear to you, every time the dog needed to be somewhere where it was like, oh look, the dog's over there. The dog would come on stage and it would be ass. It would just yeah. be ass. Yeah. Out to or the, the audience. Or the dog was like supposed to run on stage. He would peek out the wings and then turn around and run off. Yeah. Or or the dog, he would have to go from stage right just to center stage, and that mofo would walk all the way off to stage left. <laughs> 
honestly, without fail, and that, I mean, those are the fun theater moments where you're like, oh, oh okay, bye. Okay. We'll see. Um, and, and there was just, very Matthew. Anybody else miss Colin? Yeah, mm-hmm. anybody, no? I sure did. And Colin was like, oh, the, the nicest guy. They were like, we're going to use the real dog in his dog costume. He was like, okay, thank you so much. Um, um, am I still in the show? Yeah, and he was. They, he was. They let him he was. But poor Matthew had to put dog treats in his pocket in yeah. order to get the dog I to stay. I was covered in fucking, not just dog treats. We're not talking like Petco. We're <sighs> talking like you go hunt a bear and <laughs> stick your hands in its guts. And like that's how you get the dog to come. And because I had to do tricks with the dog until they oh, cut yeah, it. That's right. Because the dog couldn't do tricks. I know, but meanwhile, like as the dog week. is on stage as a real dog, then we have a roller skating bear. Yeah, a roller skating bear. That was Colin. <laughs> that was Colin. And now we, here we are full circle. Yeah. So every Broadway show is different. Yeah. Uh, uh, th- that, one, that one we learned a lot. And like really, I, I will take bonding from oh, that. Oh, bonding. I think I, I learned how to laugh the most with yeah. that group of people. Yeah. You know, because I was like, at the end of the day, it's a musical. We're not stopping ISIS with a, you know, <laughs> vortex tornado of glitter. Like, it's God, wasn't that? Musical. But that glitter tornado was Could pretty really fuck up ISIS. <laughs> that would you say? Nothing. Being an idiot. <laughs> that glitter tornado. It was beautiful. Because like, what was? Uh, what did we used to sing to it? It was like. Uh, I'll never forget. Yeah, but what I used to be, I used to call it. You just close your to ten. Yeah, that's all you find where you are if you do something you're done in your heart. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Thank you. Um, Thank you. <laughs> uh, no, but we used to call it because people would come see the show and we'd be like, oh my God, I want to see that glitter vortex. And I was like, glitter tornado time. Oh, that's like just what I would call it all the time for people to come and see the show. And then that ended, um, or I got out of that show. Yeah, no, it then ended. you went to Fiddler on the Roof I did. where you were dead alphabet. I, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, who knew that that hashtag... I did. You did you? As soon as I started watching your videos of Frumacera being dead off of us, like, oh, you just booked Wicked on Instagram. And, and, and thus is the power of social media. No, or, but... Uh, and you also became, I think, one of the greatest alphabas of all time. That's very kind of you to say. I, I really did have a great time. Well, you did it, it for two years. I did. That's incredible. Yeah. I don't know many alphabas that, that have gone two years without going into a special home. Well, you know, I was pretty close there at the end. But, um, <laughs> but, but, I'm really, that's uh, yeah, it. yeah, 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 yeah. But, but it's hard. It's a really difficult role. I mean, everybody talks about how hard it is vocally, but it's a two hour, 45 minute show. And, you know, you're the person on stage for almost that entire show, um, you learn, oh my God, when people are like, what did you learn the most? And like, you really learn how strong you are and how capable you are as a human being when you're like, I'm so exhausted, I could not possibly do it, but you're like, no, I have to do it. And you do, um, and which is kind of like the Broadway experience sometimes. It's really hard. And on top of the, the paint and the makeup and the accolades and the costumes and all that kind of stuff, the story's amazing and gorgeous and relevant um, and that's why I think it stayed open. It's like, look, nobody wants to be the only different one that gets I know. ridiculed. Aren't we all alphabet? I mean, I know a few Glendas, but yeah, like, yeah. But I'm are we friends alphabet. with them? <laughs> okay, no. yeah. Like, no. My my point is, like, whenever anybody would ask me what I related to, it was like, you know, I remember what it was like to be in grade school or high school and have somebody just bully the shit out of me for a while. And you don't feel like you can do anything about it. And it's not like you want to talk to anybody about it because it's embarrassing. And you... Yeah, well, also, we didn't talk about that kind of shit back then. No, of course not. Of course not. Either you were, you know, the one getting made fun of or you were doing the the fun making. And that was... That's at least what my experience was. And it was like, oh, you're a theater kid. Or, or, Or you're, you know, you're not a sports person. And that's, like, where I grew up. And to be able to tell a story of somebody on stage where you're you're the only 
one that's painted green on stage and a sea of human beings who are bullying you on stage, it's like you know that it's fake because half of these people are your friends anyway, off stage. But while it's happening, if it really sucks. It really sucks to be the only person who's different. So I tried to at least, for a lot of the people coming to see the show, whether it was their first time, if it was like somebody who was there 50 times, if it was a grandmother bringing her grandchild for the first time, everybody would could leave there going, either I just had a cathartic experience that healed me from X, or wow, I'm going through something like that right now where somebody uh, that I that used to be my friend isn't anymore, and now I feel like I know what to do about it. Or it's just like, wow, I can really relate to that. Thank you so much for putting something like that on stage. That's, that's why I do yeah. what I do, um, in hopes that it will help show people that it's okay to be exactly who you are no yeah. apologies it's taken me a long time to get there same here i mean i'm still working on it every I day think we all are every you day know, it's a life in process every day it's, it's like half of the time i think uh i suck and i can't do it and that or like you know you have imposter syndrome where you're like i'm a total hack why am i doing this nobody should ever buy a ticket to see me perform mm -hmm. and then you get to do what it is that you love instead of crunching numbers behind a table and you realize where the gratitude comes from in that I know how lucky I am to be here. Uh, I know how hard I worked to get where I am, but I don't take any of that for granted. Yeah. Uh, because it could all go away. Yeah. Yeah, it's absolutely true. Yeah. Everybody's like, yeah, it can all go away. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I was going to be like, this is so Dr. Phil. This is I very, know, right? Yeah. Um, oh, God, Dr. So what's the worst thing that happened in your childhood? <laughs> no, no, but you guys, um, no, no. Now that we're on this, I was walking to get myself some dinner before I came here. And this girl was walking at least like she was walking toward me a block away and she was in her 30s. And this is what I call like the overheard in New York. She walked past me and she was on the phone. And this is what she said. She was like, well. Maybe if you treated me differently when I was 12. And I was like, oh. I, I, like <laughs> I, I felt so awkward. So now that we're all in a therapy session together, no. I wish that she was here too. I would have been like, sorry, Josh, I'm out. I got to follow this woman and find out what happened. It was like really, really deep. But I feel like we, we could go there. Yeah. So Well, I mean, so... Starring as off of a for two years, you still found time to make an incredible album yeah. called Wild and Free. Yeah, it's remarkable. It was so I, I had such a fun time making it. Uh, it's like, and I'm not religious, it's like if King Baby Jesus took a nap in your eardrum. Wow, yeah. All right, I'm using that. That's shit. how good. P.S. Your Wikipedia says that it's easy listening, and I disagree. <laughs> I know. I didn't realize it did say it easy. It said, like, music, style, easy listening. And I was like, no. Nah, You're like, no, that bitch is hard. She's yeah. amazing. <laughs> yeah. Didn't you hear Woke the Fuck Up? Yeah, there? no, Everybody. she's crazy. Yeah, she's explicit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, did you hear about Jessica Voss? She's like the musical theater <laughs> Eminem. Yeah. She's crazy good. Yeah. <laughs> wow, easy listening. Ew, who put that up there? I don't know. That's like me, elevator music, and Sade. Uh, well, I yeah. was like, I think there's a difference between Vosk and Kenny G. Yeah, They're both yeah. wonderful. I, and I can't play the, what is it, clarinet flute. What does he play? Uh, I don't know. But I'm sure he'll be playing it in Chicago at some point. I'm sure he will, You know, too. like for two weeks only, Kenny G. <laughs> in the role of Roxy it's Hart. Billy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I would um, I would actually watch yeah, it. Absolutely. No, I had a good time making the album. Uh, it, it, a lot of amazing people were a part of the album. Like Robbie Roselle helped me out with yeah. it. Mary Mitchell Campbell helped me out with it. I had a, I had um, Marty Thomas and Marissa Rosen as my yes. background vocals, and they're like little aliens. And um, so are you? It's so good. Well, thanks. I you know it's like I I don't like to skimp on the good shit when I can when I can sit there and actually devote my time to something and I think albums are I had never made one before and I think obviously it's a reflection of who you are as a performer and a person and for me it's like I don't live my life in jazz hands of just like Broadway performing you know I grew up with rock and pop and Joni Mitchell and Crosby Stills Nash and that's like what my background was and I wanted to honor the Billy Joel Elton John hell yeah you know Bonnie Raitt's of the world and then you know half of the Broadway people or the Broadway kids who didn't know the Bonnie Raitt song on there it's like half of the adults who didn't know Million Dreams or 
you know. I didn't know it, and I thought that you wrote it. I was like, oh, Des wrote a great song. Then I said, he did. He texted me. He was like, and then I heard it at Dwayne Reed. I was like, who just covered Jessica? This isn't Jessica. And yeah, that's how I learned. Yeah, not very cool. Um, But what what did making this album teach you? Uh, How much I love being in a studio. How much I love producing. putting musicians together, sitting there, listening to what works and what doesn't work. Um, it just, that's like another version of life that I'd like to yeah, have. Well, somebody, like I've known you for so long and music is something like literally that lives inside of you. It's like its own being inside of you. It's I just love that it you so much. Connect with. Yeah, I mean, you ever listen to a song that sticks with you or, or it's like, you know, you stick with smells like, I will never forget when I traveled to Europe when I was in high school. I met Andy, who I loved from South Jersey because he wore Burberry. And that is like how I feel about songs is that there's a certain place that I heard it, there's a reason I connected to it. Uh, it makes me feel th- about that one time that I broke up with that guy and it was the worst year of my life, and that song got me through my life. And like, that's what I would love to be able to bring to people who say, I loved listening to your album, and this song got me because. Um, because, because it's it's a life experience that's very universally shared for everybody. And there's nothing to it except for for listening to music. Mm. It doesn't cost you anything. It doesn't, you know. Sure. And that's a beautiful thing to me. Did that inspire you to want to go to Nashville and oh, start yeah. writing? Yeah. I mean, I met Alison Krauss uh, at an event that she and I did together at Lincoln Center last year. Um, and it, I was such a huge fan of hers. We shared a dressing room. And I remember walking in and being like, I love you. And, um, and she was like, hey, like, look at my purse. It's a Ziploc bag. And I was like, we're going to get along great. Um, and so she and I became really fast friends. And I started to visit her down in Nashville. And the last trip I had, her son and I wrote a song together. And um, I'm, I think I'll go down there again in December and just meet with a couple of people down there. And she's been so integral and kind of yeah. helping me and she's been the one who's like put this song on your album or now you should be writing and I just want to go with you as your assistant I don't do anything <laughs> but like I just want to sit there and watch and listen it's really amazing I, and I was very scared of it because I've been so used to like the Broadway thing and I know how to do that now yeah. and then you go into this whole other world where you know Nashville is its own entity of it's a music city and that's what it is. And that's where you go to listen to music or listen to new music or new bands and people get together for writing sessions. And I remember somebody, when I was down there, they were like, do you want to have a writing session? And I was like, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Definitely. <laughs> and I showed up and I, I know I was so scared. I had no idea what the hell a writing session was. And it really is just two people. And they're like, so like, where do you live? And then you just write shit. And then you're like, on the hills of home of Jersey, balloon factories, balloon teardrops. Something like that? No. That is the song I wrote. That is exactly the song I wrote. Yeah, I figured. Yeah. Um, So you just finished starring in the pre-Broadway production of Finding Nancy, which I'm really... It's Becoming Nancy. Becoming Nancy. Finding... It's like uh, finding... Tomato, tomato. Finding for Guffman. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. And uh, during, during this, I think you came up with a really important decision for yourself that I'm really proud of you for doing, because you just went to Los Angeles, correct? I did. And, I sure did. you know, please tell us about your experience, because I don't think enough people talk about this subject, and I think it's important for people to know that they're not alone. Yeah, and that is working in television. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, uh, no, and that is doing <laughs> co-stars, not guest stars. <laughs> uh, uh, I um, I decided because I'm so career focused right now, and I just don't ever want to apologize for the fact that you know we can work for what it is that we want to. And because I made my Broadway debut at age 30, you know I don't. I'm not. I'm not yet in a walker and in a geriatric home yet. And so I decided to freeze my eggs out in LA um, because it was something that I heard a lot of people talking about. It was something that I heard a lot of women saying, you know, there is no right time to like have a kid. And I, I was putting so much pressure on myself because I'm 36 now. And I was like, oh my God, like <sighs> Bumble. Match. <laughs> and no, I'm serious. Like I was I down baby. I was down in Atlanta yeah. and I was like there for three months and I was like, okay guys how many dinners can we get through? Who am I marrying? Till I get a baby. And th- yeah, till I find a baby. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, and so I just like, I bit the bullet. I decided to go out to LA, um, work with this great 
fertility center uh, and found out that like when I posted about her, when I was very public about it, the amount of people who got in touch with me who either have been through it or are trying to go through it or are planning to go through it or had questions because they're scared to talk about it was um, pretty amazing. And all in all, it's maybe like a three week to a month process out of your life, which is also very scary because you are jam packed full of hormones and a short temper. Uh, and I, you know, the worst of it though is like a lush employee tried to come up to me and ask me if I needed help. And I was like, no, Amanda, I don't. Um, and so, I, 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 I mean, that's a, no, that's a true story. It really I happened. I don't. And she was like, that moisturizer is so good. I was like, believe you, I believe you. And that's the day I knew. I was like, mama can't go like, out until she gets these eggs out. This is made out of organic volcano. I'm going to kill your family. <laughs> yeah, no, but seriously. Um, and that's when I said to my girlfriend out in LA, I was like, okay, got to have the surgery now. Time for these babies to come out. Anyway, my point is, it was so super easy, and the pressure, uh, now that, you know, uh, they, they took the eggs out, which I got 20 eggs. That's, like, a really good number That's, of like, eggs, a Jurassic Park Thanks. amount of eggs. Yeah. That's yeah. great. If now I'm, yes. Coffee, That's, like, a Jumanji It's very Mother Goose. Yeah, yeah. It is very Mother Goose. It's like you roll the dice, and it's, like, 20 eggs. I, but, and honestly, it's, like, they tell you these things. They're, like, oh, my God, Jess, you're 36 years old. You're basically on your deathbed of eggs. Oy. And then you get in there, and they're, like, whoa, there's so many in there. You're, like, okay, don't, Doc, don't lie to me. Um, and they, so they took them out. Thank goodness I got back a few days ago. Um, it was, it, the recovery process is not as pleasant as one would hope because it's like, you still got to get the, all the hormones out of your system because your body has no idea who it is anymore. And, um, but I will say like, I'm so happy that I did it as an investment for the next like five to 10 years of my life so that yeah. I don't have to worry as much about should I take this job or should I go to this place or should I take six months out of the year and try this? Um, it, it was a helper. It was a helper. So my whole goal for doing it, um, besides insurance for myself, was to show people that it's not um, as taboo or crazy as you might think it is. Yeah. Well, I'm really proud of you. Thanks, friend. I love you so much. I love you more. Uh, you inspire me, and I know that you inspire so many other people. And no live show would be complete without a song. Will you please sing for us? Good, because we hired an accompanist. Everybody, this is Rob Ouellette. He is absolutely incredible. You may have seen him in one of four international tours of 42nd Street. So when you were in Shanghai and checked it out, you may have seen him. Um, it's pretty amazing, Rob. It really is. Honestly. I'm, I, you're amazing. No, you're amazing. I know. Let's give it up for Josh. <laughs> come on. Thank you very much. This wasn't scripted. No. Are you going to sit right here? Uh, sure. No, no, I want you to I'm sit here. I'm going to go right no, there. No, no, okay. Yeah, I can. Yeah, no, I love okay, it. Okay, great. Yeah. Hit it, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> Something bouncy, would ya? <laughs> this is from... Um, oh, Mike Change. Broadway podcast, Mike Change. He's so good to... Oh, with a... See? Mm. What happened? I love the reverb. Oh, That's right reverb. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thanks, Rob. Help. I need somebody. Help. Not just anybody. When I was younger, so much younger than today 
and the incredible Rob Ouellette. Oh. oh my God, is she not incredible? I love you. And you know what, I love all of you. Thank you so much for coming out to our first live event. Thank you to Today Ticks for making us the most fashionable event of the season. Thank you, Samara, for being the greatest Moana in the world. Josh. Oh, hold on, my fucking producer wants to say something. What? I know, I know we, are, we are out of time, but I wanna, you have been in this event all night, you, yes, you, crying in it on every word. Can I, can I give her a chance to ask you one question? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I don't know, my name is Brenna. Um, I'm an actress, I moved here like about a year ago. Um, and um, I used to work at Ground Central. I used to make uh, cold brews for you. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, ben is my voice teacher. Um, I just think all of this is amazing, and I just love it, and I just want it so bad. And I, um, any advice that you have, I guess, is my question. Whatever advice you have, I just really, I love all of this. Uh, I say, always follow your bliss. Never accept no. When you have a job, be happy to be there. Be easy to work with. And there is a place for you. Compare and despair. We're all on our own journey. It took me 10 years before I got a Broadway show. Just keep going. I'm willing to you wait never know. and work. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you for that advice. Yeah. I, I'm a huge believer in stay in your lane. This is my dance space. This is your dance space. Respect each other. You are going to be seeing each other for a very long time in this business. Um, make friends. Uh, again, I can't stress how wonderful it is to work with good people because what I like to say is I can walk into a room and do a really great job, but if the person behind me is nicer than me and they might might not even be as talented or might, I might not be as talented as the next person, but you will book the job because of your kindness. And you will book the job because of how nice you are in the room and how nice you were to the monitor and how nice you were to the person who got coffee. It's because true. those are the people when they walk in the room, the casting director will say, hey, how was Jessica when you got her that coffee? And if they were like, she sucks, a lot of times they'll be like, well, then we're not hiring her. And that is truly how it works. Um, I, I had a lot of side jobs working at auditions and uh, like monitoring and stuff. And then at the end of the day, they'd bring me in the room and say, who was a jerk? And I'd be like, oh, well. It's truly a thing. It really is a thing. So yeah. what I preach about kindness all the time because I met enough assholes in my life um, and, and come across a lot of people that just didn't, want to give me the time of day and I kept trying to break down walls and doors as much as I could and I believe that the reason um, people stick around in this business is because of how wonderful they are to work with and who they are as a human being yeah um, and that's a beautiful thing and there's gonna be a million no's but it only takes one yes very true very true hang in we hang are in. inspiring as shit oh! And you get a car, and you, and get, you a get a car. And you get a humpback whale, and you get a humpback whale. And you get a balloon, okay, you see? No. All right, everybody, thank you so much. Continuing listening to Josh Swallow's Broadway. And I love you guys. Bye. Josh Swallow's, Josh Swallow's, Josh Swallow's, Josh Swallow's Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.